Are you ready? This is Moffat on the Mic on the A1 Sports Network. Bow to the masters. Break it down. How you doing, everybody? And welcome to the Moffat on the Mic radio show, courtesy of the A1 Sports Network. We are live on a Monday night. As always, the show will be in a, as a, set up as a podcast on a Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, anywhere with a pulse. And uh, I am Craig Moffitt, and of course, this show would not be complete without the people's producer, the head honcho, the showstopper. I'm talking about the founder of the A1 Sports Network and a man who lives in his basement. That's Chris Clark. <laughs> What's up, Craig? Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't let that one slip by. No, you couldn't let that one slip up. But, you know, like in the, in the midst of all this crazy shit that's been going on this past weekend and the week, I actually had a, a decent weekend, you know, as I just mentioned to you, I started uh, my EMT classes to try and become a fully certified EMT. One of my friends, one of my best friends graduated from law school and another one, one of my, be- another one of my best friends is a Marine. He just got promoted to corporal. So, you know, Great, a, a little bit of good news from the Chris Klim side of things. Um, no, that's great news, man. Congratulations. Uh, Saturday was the first social gathering I've been to with friends since this whole shit started. How'd that go? It was actually okay. okay. We, um, it was weird because like, how can I put this bluntly? It was something I got inadvertently invited to because I ran into them on the street while I was taking my kids out for a bike ride. Okay. So we ran into, like, we're friends with, like, a group of uh, parents. They're super awesome people. Like, we love hanging out with them. And um, we ran into a couple of them who were going to another person's house. And then they were like, oh, why don't, if you guys, why don't you come back and hang out with us or whatever? So we wound up kind of making the most of it. All right. So it was pretty good. You know, you definitely got that sense of, for a split second, you got that sense of, um, you know, nervousness about COVID for a split second. But... The way I kind of figured it is, if they were nice, they were nice enough to invite us there, then we shouldn't be as worried because they're not worried. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, we, but- keep it small and everything. And the kids had a lot of fun. You know, they had just gotten a new pool, so we got to, you know, the kids got to play in their pool, which was nice. Yeah, it was a good time. I think it was something we all needed, to just kind of break away from the norm. You know, of being in our house all day, or you know, there's only so many times you can take a kid out in the backyard and play baseball and basketball before it just becomes redundant and you know no yeah i i understand completely like last week me, me and my for memorial day we me and my friends we got together but it was like at like and like you mentioned it was like you know what at first we were just you know testing it out see how everyone is staying the six feet apart then once the beer started flowing it was like it was like it was casual you know not everyone was afraid as, as much and everything so it, it was really good the thing is that i think that's what it's got to become now yeah i don't think it's something that you can stay in your house and lock the door. Like, ever see those movies where they have, like, 10 padlocks on their door? Yeah. You know? You can't keep doing that. Eventually, you're going to crack. Yeah. There's no question about it. I love being home. I love spending time at home. Mm-hmm. But being out of work as long as I have right now, and I right now the earliest I could go back to work is July 1st, so I'm still another month. The fact is, is, is that you, you get very stir-crazy. Yeah. And, you know, there are things that I used to like to do all the time where it was either going to amusement parks, 
going to the movies with my daughter or going concerts and all that stuff. And lo and behold, we can't do that now. The Jones Beach schedule like that we're used to on Long Island is completely scrapped. You know, hmm. I just saw today Motley Crue officially postponed their tour. That's fine with me. Honestly, as long as it didn't get canceled. As long as it didn't get canceled. I'm, I'm good with well, waiting. It was funny because we were talking about that, right? Yeah. On Saturday, we were talking about that at, at uh, my friend's house. And I was telling them, I was like, yeah, you know, I had tickets to go see Pearl Jam. Because mm-hmm. I never miss Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam is a must concert to go see. And the tickets sell out, like, literally like that. You know, so it's like you either get them or you don't. You just take the first thing that comes your way and you just live and die by it. Right. So I actually have pretty decent seats for the show. And it was in March, it got postponed, and the date is still pending. Now, of course, now when you have a show that's canceled or postponed, Ticketmaster or Live Nation either gives you a refund or they give you a credit towards a future concert Okay. if you want to refund the tickets. And I just sat back and I'm like, I'm not refunding these tickets. I'm never going to get them again. <laughs> yeah. They're going to sell. Like, even when they announce a new date, the show's going to be sold out. Yeah. I was like, I'll just hold on to them for 2021. If I have nobody to go with, I have a buffer zone. <laughs> life is good so i don't really you know yeah like i saw the stuff came out today from motley crew and i they were like you know we will honor your ticket for when you know they reschedule it for next year but you know there will be a refund in place if you want to read and i'm like refund i'm not refunding these tickets whatsoever no chance I mean, people may need a refund because of their situation with their job or their kids yeah. and stuff. but still it's just like for a band like pearl gym like I, i'm not refunding these tickets yeah. <laughs> I even bought insurance on the tickets just in case I couldn't go. <laughs> so I get the full refund even if I do. Even if it only costs me like ten bucks, but per ticket, but it pretty much protects you from from everything. Mm-hmm. But you know, this is the world we're living in right now. This is the world that unfortunately we are being sucked into. And quite frankly, Clem and I, like I said, I know you're a big Trump guy, and I'm, you know, again, I don't, I don't judge. Yeah, but. I never thought I'd hear the, the, I never thought I'd see the day where the president literally just called for martial law. Yeah. And not too many words. He didn't bluntly say it, but he didn't have to. Yeah. The fact is he is ready to shoot and kill protesters. That is a very, very bad sign for this country right now. Yeah, it's not, it's not good. It's real, is it? Here's the one thing I'm going to say. Number one, I think there are a lot of protesters out there that just have nothing to do. Mm. And I'm going to say that point blank. I don't believe all these people are out there for social injustice and racial inequality and all that stuff and police brutality. Okay. I think there are a lot of jerks out there who are seeing an opportunity to loot stores and steal whatever they want because, well, this is the time, right? Yeah. You're going to do it. You're not going to do it any other time. So if you want that TV and target, go riot. You know, who, who's going to, who else is going to stop you at this point? Exactly. No one's no one's stopping you. And like, and like you said, like, and I, I, especially, you know, with everyone being in quarantine and whatnot, this is giving an excuse for people to like, who like, we're afraid of everything and like, oh, you know what? Screw this. I'm going out and getting myself the flat screen or I'm going to get myself the, the if they can manage a washing machine or whatever it is that they want. But isn't that a sad state of affairs with this country? Yeah. Is that this is what people are resorting to. You're not honoring this guy's memory by robbing a target or I think it was Saturday night. Somebody, they were breaking into an Adidas store in Los Angeles. They had lifted the the gate enough, just enough where they can go under. Yeah. And they broke it. They basically broke the gate. 
and people were sliding under and coming out with boxes of sneakers. I don't even know if they realized what size they had, but it was just like, that is what sends a really crappy message because yeah. it's no longer about this guy's life and how horrible he died and was murdered by a cop. It was the fact that, well, this is my leeway to go rob and go get some shit. And it is an unbelievably crappy message that's being sent. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, and we mentioned it on, on, uh, on Friday when we had our show. You have every right to protest in this country. It's your God-given right in this country. You protest on anything you want to do. It's what this country is founded on. But like you, and like you just mentioned, I couldn't agree with you more. They are trashing the mem- They are basically trashing the memory of what happened to this guy and the uh, the terrible thing that happened. It was caught on video, and they are going out looting, trashing co- all cop cars. I've even seen like you know like places get lit on fire and whatnot, and it, it's a disgrace because, like you said, are there a few bad apples in this in the in the cop world? Yeah, there are, but not all cops are bad. Okay. They're not. And the thing is, though, is that people don't want to hear that either. Yeah, they don't. They don't want to hear that because they hear that all the time. Every time a black man dies at the hands of a white officer or shot by the white officer, the first thing that people say is, and I was one of those people that said it too, because I believe it. And the fact is, is no, there are plenty of good cops out there. But people don't want to hear that in this time. Yeah. People don't want to hear that. They're, they just think you're patronizing them. Okay. And they can believe that if they want to. That's their God-given right. However, you have to understand that there are plenty of good cops out there. There are cops that understand that this was wrong. There are cops who think that this was a horrible thing that was done to this poor man who no longer is alive. Okay? And then the worst part about it is I don't know what to believe anymore as, a, as an American because the same people who praise Trump left and right are going to do everything in their power to make it look like this is an orchestrated riot. Who orchestrates a riot? Who sits there and orchestrates a goddamn riot? Okay? Do we really believe that the Democrats or some whoever left a somebody posted a video with a guy that was videotaping it saying that they were like they there was like purposely a bunch of bricks left out for people. I heard about this. I was saying to myself like first of all that makes no sense. Yeah. Why would somebody, why would they, and why would they, and how do you decide where it goes? Okay. That's the first problem. The second problem is, is it doesn't matter at the end of the day. The fact is, is, is that people put shit like that out so they can try to excuse the president for how horrible he's done with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And he's been horrible. There's no getting around that. When you needed to make a public statement over the weekend, you didn't. You hid in a freaking bunker, a bunker that's only used as a, more for terrorist threats. And now you're saying it's domestic terrorism, domestic terrorism, domestic terrorism. These are people that are fed up. They've had enough. And the same assholes who were out there protesting because they couldn't go get a freaking haircut or couldn't go to a restaurant to have a, a meal, he let that slide. He let that pass. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, those were good people, right? Yeah. Those are people you should talk to. Oh, Governor Whitmer, you bitch, you should talk to them. Okay? That's pretty much what he was implying. But these are people, for the most part, that are protesting peacefully. Yeah, you got the bad apples. You, don't, you can't escape that. 
nothing you could do about that. But all of a sudden, you don't want to hear what they have to say. All of a sudden, they're the domestic terrorists of the world. They're the bad people. Okay? So how are you going to sit there and tell me that a bunch of white people who are pissed off that they can't go to the barbershop, who are pissed off they can't go to the restaurant, can't go to happy hour on a Friday night, who can't go to the gym to work out because, God forbid, they know how to do workouts at home during, during this time. They're okay, but these people aren't. See, that's why I, I call bullshit on the whole thing. This whole situation, like I said, this whole situation is real. It's just fucked up. It really yeah. is. Like, and again, when you have a time to sit there and get up in front of the podium and call for peace, cut the shit, Let's talk. This need this, you're not doing this guy any good. You whatever it is. I'm not a. I don't write for the White House. Okay. The fact is, is he didn't really do that today. He just basically came out and said he was going to unleash the military if he has to. Yeah, and you know, I like you mentioned earlier. I am a Trump guy. I support. I don't like throwing my political views out there because that's not what you know the shows are supposed to be about or whatnot. But he is, he is an idiot sometimes, most, some, I'll say half the time, in my eyes at least. Half the time, he is an idiot. And like, like you mentioned, yeah, he de- 100% should have came out and said something, but he didn't. He was cowered away in the bunker. Like a, like a, like he a, wants this. I think he wants this. Part of me thinks that. Like, I, I don't know if that's the truth. I, I mean, unless he bluntly says, yeah, this is what I want. I want chaos and anarchy. But the fact is, is this just looks bad. For yeah. him. It's not a good look. It's but... terrible. It's an optics from an optics standpoint, it is terrible. And you cannot sit there. And then just really just stoking the fire. Apparently, right before we came on, we started our show, mm-hmm. he did a photo op in front of a church. And he was holding the Bible. Number one, he was holding the Bible upside down. Okay. Somebody mentioned that. I could be wrong about that, but that's what that's what they said. The second thing was they tear gassed the people that were peacefully protesting in there so he could walk through. I mean, what the hell kind of message does that send? I mean, on both sides of the equation, it's bad. You have a lot of the people that are just there to loot and steal, and they don't give a crap about who this guy is or was. And then you have guys like Donald Trump who feel like they – this is what it takes is martial law. You got to be tough, you know, so let's unleash the military and shoot people if they come anywhere near this place. I, I just think it's getting to that point and I've seen videos and it's just, you know, it's like in certain areas, like I, I wasn't around for the Rodney King, uh, the, the Rodney King uh, protests and whatnot, but those were like really secluded to just like the West coast really. Yeah. They're probably, I, yeah, I'm assuming there were protests all over the country, but for, with this, like, it's it's everywhere. It's Atlanta. It's Minneapolis, Los Angeles, New York's getting it now. It's all over this country. They've all dealt with it. People in those yeah. states have all dealt with it. Everybody in whatever, country, whatever state has dealt with it. Yeah. But it's again, yeah. then is enough enough. Yeah. It's, and it's going to keep going on and keep going on and keep going on. And I feel I feel I feel terrible about these these riots because you know I have. I have friends who are NYPD cops and EMTs sure. and, and firemen as well. And it's, it, it's, it's, just, it's disgusting seeing some of this stuff, like, especially they're good the, people. They're good. They're very good people. And all they want to do is do their job and go home. I have a friend who works with the canine unit of the NYPD. Mm-hmm. 
And I mean, I'm sure he's out there now. If he's not, he's probably out there all day today. And you know what? I haven't really talked to him too much. He was a really good friend of mine in high school. I have another friend who was a detective for the NYPD. You know, I pray that these guys get home safe every day. So do I. It's, it's really – and, you know, especially me, myself, being a volunteer fireman, like I've seen videos of, you know, like because these people are looting and rioting and whatnot, these buildings are going on fire. The firemen have to go put out the fires. And, you know, these protesters who are rioting and looting – are not letting them the fire trucks get down the roads or they're throwing bricks and yeah, stuff so you like can't that. do that. I'm I like, agree with you, man. That's not that's messed up. And, like, and it's taking it to an extreme that's not necessary. Exactly. That's Let the state fire department get down there and put out that fire. You never know who could be injured. You know, though like it's 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 really like and that and that and like I said, being a fireman, like it sickens me. I'm like, really? Like the police, like, you shouldn't do it, but like I get it. In a way, in a in a sick way, I get like why you're doing it to the policemen. The firemen have nothing to do with this. Like, it's cool. but it's getting to the point. Like, like I had, like my friend who. It's one thing I've always said about people too, and we'll trust me. We'll get to sports in a minute, uh, so don't. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have no intention of wasting. I'm not going to spend the entire show talking about this. Um, the thing that bothers me about people, and you you've heard me talk about it on our show, okay. What do I always call people who think all of a sudden now they know everything about politics? They're Joe Politics, right? Joe Patriot. That's my new favorite one, Joe Patriot. Because all of a sudden now, people who feel that they've been inconvenienced want to start playing the Constitution card. People who are inconvenienced want to talk about the freaking Bill of Rights. Like they know, like all of a sudden they're going back to their American history textbooks. Yeah. Okay. I had a friend post something today and... I didn't respond, but I knew because it's just him being kind of a douche because he's not happy about the fact that his business isn't open and all that stuff. He had put something in the picture that just said, oh, remember like a week ago when everybody was so afraid to go out of their house? And of course, the joke being that now everybody's protesting. So like they don't even care about COVID. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Okay. Here's the problem with that. This is bigger than that. This has become bigger than that. Okay. It's not, you know, he was accused of being a racist, which I don't agree with a thousand percent. I know him. I've known him my whole life. I know he's not a racist. He's a very good, very good man. Okay. But it was a bit insensitive and I will take it at that. Okay. Because people are tired. There are a lot of people in this world and you and I don't know all of these people. I mean, we don't know what people are thinking in this time. And all it takes is one little spark. Bam. George Floyd, there's your spark. Mm-hmm. And people are frustrated. People are pissed. Yeah. We will never understand what it's like to be a black man, woman, or child in this country because you and I are white. So we'll never understand what it feels like. We will never understand what it's like to have people looking over their shoulder when you walk by them. We will never understand what it's like to be stopped randomly by a police for no reason or just for some random bullshit reason. We don't know. Uh-huh. But that being said, this is bigger than that. This is bigger than COVID. Yeah, it, it's funny because I was like you mentioned that. It's, I was listening to, I think, Boomer and Geo. I think it was Boomer and Geo this morning. And they mentioned, like, you know, COVID, COVID's not on the front page of newspapers anymore. It's, they're, they're in the middle section of the newspaper. It's all about the riots and everything. And I 100% agree. Like, it, this is bigger than what was going on previously in the country. This is I mean, almost freaking out because there could be a second wave because of these protests. 
Oh yeah, as, it's fun again. I was just I was down at the firehouse earlier today because we did a birthday parade and we were talking about you know all the all the hard work and uh, that we did to you know try and contain the COVID was just gone like that in in the matter of um, d- of days just because of all the gatherings for the rioting. And that's the sad part too. And this is where I blame the rioters and the looters and all that stuff because when you're destroying small businesses, now you're giving those people no chance to open. Yeah, you're giving those people no chance to get back the money they've lost because you've trashed their business. And I have a problem with that. Yeah, it's that. Because okay? those people work their asses off to make money every day for their business to support their families. And then you come in with an attitude because you're pissed off or whatever it is, or maybe you're not pissed off. You're just out there being like, yeah, hey, we got nothing to do on a Friday night. Let's go riot. Yeah. Okay. And you trash this poor family's business, trash a friend's business, like my friend in general, who, you know, I know it hasn't happened, but God forbid it did. Okay. And they're ruined and they can't go back to work. Mm-hmm. Okay. See, to me, that's where I draw the line. I draw the line at the looting and the throwing Molotov cocktails and all that bullshit. Yeah. It's, it's again, okay? it's sick. And there's a video, there was a video out there. It was, I don't know where this guy was from, but it was, it was a black man, business owner. And he was complete, was in the middle of the street complaining. He was like, I can't believe this. You guys did this to me. Like, and he was, it was a black man. And he was like, I put my life savings into my business and now you destroyed it. Like, and it, that just shows to the fact that the people who are looting, they just don't, they don't care. They don't care if you're white or black. They're going to loot your store because they just want to loot. That's why. And it's sick. It's, it's, it's crazy to see this shit. You want to, like I, m- I mentioned earlier, you want to protest peacefully. You have every God-given right to do that in this country. That's what this country was founded on. It was founded on protest. You want to do that? Go ahead, fine. There's rioting, looting, this uh, burning cop cars, throwing Molotov cocktails, destroying fire trucks. It, this is sick. It's disgusting, and it's not honoring what happened to George Floyd. It's not. It's actually making – honestly, I think it's making his, his, his reputation worse, and, and matter of fact. Because no one's talking about the peaceful protests that are happening. No one's talking about, you know, the sheriff and the, co- the cops that in Flint, Michigan – that took that put their stuff down with they marched peacefully. Yeah, I love that. I thought that, that was, was awesome. good. That was great. You want to do I think that? in New Jersey that happened in New Jersey that happened too. I think they kneeled for like the protesters, like yeah. they just kind of kneeled in front of them, which is perfect. Of respect. Which but is again, perfect. but then what makes me laugh is everybody blames the media, right? It's all the media's fault, it's all CNN's fault, it's all Fox, well, Fox News and MSNBC because people say this. Well, you know, they don't they don't report on the good stuff like, you know, like you said, the cops that were hugging the protesters and and all that stuff. Like with COVID, they don't they don't report on the number of people that have survived. There's a very simple reason for that, because that is not interesting. Yeah. No one wants to hear the interesting enough. People need to know how many people died from a virus that could have easily been contained. Yeah. Okay. We are so happy that 400,000, 500,000 Americans have uh, recovered from the coronavirus okay but at the same time a hundred over a hundred thousand people are dead because of that virus yeah okay and i'm sorry and i'm going to throw some shade at trump again he had the opportunity to really you know grab it by the balls and contain it and he didn't yeah and that's why we are where we are right now because rest assured first of all if this was Barack Obama calling for martial law right now, the Republicans would be having a, be having a conniption about it. Mm-hmm. 
They'd be all over, so this is abomination. He should be thrown out of office and everything. They'd be calling emergency sessions of Congress to try to get him out, okay? And listen, I really like Barack Obama as a president. Was he a great president? No, but I thought he was good. Hmm. He wasn't, there was no such thing as a great president. Every president had their flaws because every president came in under a different set of circumstances. They governed the country under a different set of circumstances each time. It's how you handle that. And listen, they are, they're not stupid to think that American lives are going to be lost. They're not stupid to think that, you know, well, we have to do the best we can. And, you know, I'm sure they avoid every possible option. They probably exhaust every option before they get to war. But I never heard people bitching and complaining in eight years of Obama. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to tell me while Trump's in charge that Obama was this abomination of a president? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. I'm like, the economy was just as good as under Obama as it was under Trump. Maybe Trump's a little bit better. But Trump inherited a good, a good economy. Obama took a shit economy and turned it into a good one. Mm-hmm. Because he inherited George Bush's economy during the recession. Yeah. I, See? It's like, no, nah, you see, you can't give me that bullshit that Obama was this horrible, horrible individual and all that stuff, okay? But it's just, it's gotten to the point where enough is enough. And I don't know at this point what's going to happen. I mean, right now, his popularity is fading big time. Yeah, it's not, it's not, look, I, like, I, I, I mean, look, we can talk about politics all day, but I'm saying this, like I said, about when it was in 2016, when it was Hillary versus Trump. And it's going to be Trump versus Biden. It's going to, it's again going to be who's less of an idiot contest. And that's exactly what it is. People, I know people don't like Biden, but people still don't like Trump. So again, Biden worries me though. I'm not going to blow smoke. Biden definitely worries me because he gets, he fumbles his words a little too much. And, you know, but of course he, you know, he makes one comment about, you know, if you ain't, if you don't vote, if you vote for Trump, you ain't black. And he comes out and he apologizes for it hours later. Yeah. See, everybody knows the kind of guy Biden is because he was under Obama, dude. Yeah. I mean, the thing is with Trump, I just feel like he's really stoking these flames and it's just going to get worse. He has no empathy for anything. He's just like, okay, time to call the military and to put an end to this, you know, type of thing. That could do more harm than, than good. Yeah. You know, but... All right, so enough about that. It was just like, today was just an unbelievably crazy day. Just this yeah. weekend in general was just insane. Yeah. Even before, my wife was telling me that somebody posted on one of the, like, Limbrook uh, Facebook pages that there's going to be protesting starting on Merrick Road tomorrow. Yeah. I think it's And it's supposed to cut through Elmont, Valley Stream, Limbrook, where I live, and everything. And they said that it was, you know, Target's already starting to board up their store because they don't want to get, you know, robbed and everything and all that stuff. Well, and I said to my wife, I said, it's only a matter, I knew this was going to happen. I'm like, it's only a matter of time for it's going to come this way. Apparently, I heard a rumor that there's something supposed to be going down tonight at Roosevelt Field Mall. I'm like, well, if that's the case, then Roosevelt Field Mall is going down. Yeah. It, that place is going to get, it's, it, Roosevelt Field's going down if that's the case then. So if you need a good pair of Jimmy Choo's or you need a Prada bag or anything, get your ass to Roosevelt Field Mall tonight because <laughs> somebody literally just might break down the glass at Neiman Marcus for you. Yeah, that's all glass. Like, it's so easy to break into Roosevelt you think, you think Roosevelt Field Security is going to sit there and be like, yeah, I'm ready. They're going to be like, for $10 an hour? Paul Blart's <laughs> ready tonight. Yeah, they're going to get on this Segway and get on the Meadowbrook Parkway faster than you'd ever think. <laughs> 
All right, so let's jump into sports. As it was pretty light over the weekend in general. Um, UFC had another event that was pretty successful. Uh, felt bad for Tyron Woodley, um, kind of taking a beating in that fight on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I thought it was a pretty cool thing. I think it was Khabib that, like, afterwards, like, he was doing an interview with UFC, and he saw him, and he hugged him at, during the interview. This kind of shows respect. I thought that was a pretty badass thing. I'm almost certain that was Khabib. I couldn't really figure out. I, I think it was Khabib. But, um, I could call Isaac right now and ask him, but yeah, he's probably busy. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, NASCAR had another race this weekend, another positive sign, which is good. Um, looks like the NBA is shooting for a July 31st start date for their season to resume. Uh, kind of a weird thing going on with them. I think they're trying to do a 16-game, either 16-team tournament or something like that, like a play-in tournament, but not no divisions or kind of something like that. It's not going to be an East and West thing. So it's going to be like the best 16 teams? Yeah, I think I thought that's what I saw it was going to be, but I don't know if that's 100%. Because what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out a way to teams that were kind of on the bubble, teams like the Pelicans, teams like the Kings, um, there were only a couple of games out of, for, out of the last playoff spot, try to give them a fighting chance to get into the tournament. Look, at this point under the circumstances, just have an 8-8. Eight and eight. The okay. best 8 eight in the East, the best 8 in the West. Yeah, and be keep it simple. I mean, yeah, you don't need to – do anything crazy. If you want to get like a playing game for like the eighth seed, then do like what the NCAA does in with March Madness and have like like a first round, like four games to get into like that eight seed or whatever, whoever, whoever wins that eight seed gets it. And then you start it from there. You know, like I think the NHL is doing it perfectly with the 2014 playoffs. I think they have it handled this best so far. Yeah. NHL is going to do the 16, the, uh, what is it, 2014 playoff? Yeah, 2014 division. The other teams have already been told that they're going to stay home, like teams like Ottawa, Buffalo, just to name a few. And baseball, we are still at a standstill as of right now. Um, the players came back with their own counter proposal, which I believe was, if I'm not mistaken, a 114 game season. And salaries, I think, deferred. To 2021, I think it was, Clem? Uh, I have it. I have it. I have it. I have it up now. It says the league proposed the season would start in July, uh, have an extended playoff format, um, et cetera. And then um, they would, yeah, they would have an 82 game regional schedule with a, and a universal DH, 30 man active rosters with 20 player taxi squad. I don't know what the hell that means. That just means like guys on standby, ready. They're probably in New York, for example. Okay. But they're not activated unless somebody gets hurt or somebody gets injured. Yeah, hundred and uh yeah, hundred and fourteen game season to uh, from June thirtieth to October thirty first. Um I'm trying to see if it says anything about money here. No, I'm not seeing anything what it says about money. something about deferred uh Oh deferred yeah. Money. It says, yeah, other key parts of the of the plan include every player having the right to opt out of their participating in a 2020 season and a salary deferral plan in the event that the postseason is canceled or shortened due to, due to another wave of COVID-19. Okay. Um, for starters, the 114 game season, I'm fine with that. Um, I would say the more games they play, the more likely I'm going to say that that's a championship team. I think anything now there was a talk that the owners were going to counter with a 50 game season, which I think is just pathetic. But um, because again, because again, it's all about not paying the players what they want. Yeah. You know, the players, the players play more games, they're going to get more money. If they don't play enough games, they're not going to get as much money. 
that's kind of how it's going to work. Um, the rest of the stuff, see, the problem is, man, you're going to run into like the, the fall is going to be just crazy amount of scheduling with regards to sports between college football, between baseball, between, you know, between football, depending if, you know, I mean, hockey's going to probably, the season's going to be pushed back most likely basketball most likely get pushed back, but you're talking about playing games now, playoff games in the middle of November to December. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to be possible. The weather is going to plummet during that time. You're going to have a lot of cold weather games. There's going to be games that are like 40 degrees outside where you're going to a baseball game, freezing your ass off. And then on top of that, you have to run the risk of COVID. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. Now, obviously, I'm going to assume they're not going to play. If they're going to do something like this, then chances are the playoff game is going to be at a neutral site. I don't think they're going to be on their home stadiums because would you want to play a baseball game in the dead of winter in New York? Absolutely not. Okay. But playing in Florida, playing in Arizona or anything like that is not a bad consolation prize. Yeah. Or playing. Yeah. Yeah. So my guess is, is that it's probably going to be more of a um, neutral site type of game series and all that stuff which is fine. And I'm assuming the alignment's going to be different. It's not going to be the NL East, NL Central. I think they're going to try to keep everybody within a, the vicinity of traveling. I don't know. I don't really know what to make of this. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I, I just, I can't see. We all want baseball to come back. But I don't think the owners are going to agree to a 114-game season where they have to pay these guys without fans. That's the key here is fans. Okay. But yeah, and which which to a point I get from the owner's end because those fans those fans those fans spend tons of money on tickets, merchandise, concessions, all that good stuff. That's all profit that could be in the players' pockets. But when you're not having fans there, I I kinda understand what the owners are trying to say. We're like, Okay, we gotta pay you a little less because the fans are not gonna be in the stands. Now, if they wanna do something cool which has kind of seemed to be a trend going on around here now, you can do something with fans without having them in the stadium. And that is you set up something very similar to what's these drive-in movie theaters that are being set up all around Nassau County, Mm -hmm. where they keep the social distancing and they show the game on a big screen. And you can go to the parking lot and you can pay whatever it is for the parking to go there, like 20 bucks or whatever, $30 and all that stuff. You find a way to keep get food trucks there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't allow food or alcohol or anything like that. No alcohol, of course, because, you know, you don't want the cops to see you pounding beers in the parking lot. Maybe you could try to do something like that as a way to generate revenue off of it. Yeah. Now, look, that's me just kind of rambling off at the mouth. I don't know if that's even possible, depending on how many fans want to go to the game and all that stuff. But it's going to be the closest, in my honest opinion, fans are going to get to the stadiums this year. They're going to have to meet in the middle. So the 80-game season or 82-game season, 81-game season, whatever, is probably the number that makes the most sense. Yeah. Because the owners have to give a little bit too, and so do the players. So the players can't have the best of everything. It's bad enough that in the event of no season, we could run the risk of losing Michael Walker, Marcus Stroman, and Rick Porcello before they even step on the mound. Yeah, which kind of, you know, stinks in the, in the Mets fans' eyes. But, you know, 
it's just it's not it's not ideal, but it's what we might have to work with. We might. The expanded playoffs, I'm okay with adding a few teams. I mean, I'm sure it'll be worked out to a point that makes sense. I still think at the end of the day, this is not, this is becoming less and less about player health and more about money. And this is not the message you want to send to major league baseball fans. You just don't want to do that. Yeah. And we've, we've mentioned it time and time again, if it really is just about money and not, you know, safety of the players and fans and whatnot. And, you know, MLB has their – I mean, if the NBA and NHL really get their thing going, their playoffs going, and MLB is just sitting there like a bunch of idiots, it's They're going to look horrible. And the thing is – Not a good look. They may not recover. Yep. They may not recover from this. Listen, I've already been on record. You have too, where we both said, regardless, we're going to go to City Field next year for a Met game. Yeah. Because I love the sport of baseball. I will go watch a baseball game – Anytime, anywhere. And I've been to plenty of stadiums, even like I even love going to the minor league stuff. I have a lot of fun. This, those games sometimes are more fun to go to than the Mets games. Or going to see the Ducks or going to see the Brooklyn Cyclones. Right. I love going to ball games. There's nothing more awesome than going out on a beautiful spring or summer day out to the park, get a beer and a hot dog, and go watch a game. Yeah, there's nothing better than that. That's amazing. I love that. It's so, amazing. And for that, I will do that regardless. I may hate the fact that there's no season for 2020. But that being said, I will still in 2021, when everything probably really, really calms down, I will be the first one out at City Field for a game. The only thing is, you're going to wind up paying a ton more money for tickets. Yeah. Because the owners need to make their money back. Which I get. I get that. So – it becomes one of those things where you got to start taking everything into consideration. Fans have to be considered in this type of thing. There are a lot of fans who are out of work. They're miserable. They're just, they're borderline depressed right now because there's no job prospects out there. I mean, yes, we have unemployment and everything, but that when you were someone like me who has two kids, a mortgage to pay, mm-hmm. That only goes so far. So there's a lot of misery right now. And baseball could really come in and save the day. They could. Baseball could come in on their white horse and say, we're going to give you guys a season because we need to take your mind off of all this crap that's going on right now. And yeah, and like we mentioned earlier, it's not even COVID anymore. It's rioting. And- rioting and looting over – a poor, you know, an, an unfortunate, because some cop was just dumb hmm. and stupid. And for some reason, couldn't comprehend the guy saying, I can't breathe. This is why we're in where we are right now. And I'm sorry, while I love the boys in blue, and I thank God that they protect us every night on the streets, okay? The fact is, is you're also, there are a lot of those cops who hide behind their badge who hide behind their, their brotherhood and they hide behind their union representation to get them off with a slap on the wrist. And that's a fact. That is. No, most I, 
Yeah, I like I said, I I don't know, I don't, I don't like getting into politics and whatnot. But the one thing I will say is this guy did get convicted, so that that, that was a plus. I I, I would say I he got arrested. He didn't get convicted yet. Oh, I thought he got convicted. No, not yet. He's okay. just been charged. You know, there's one thing I like among my friends. There's two things we never discuss: politics and sex. <laughs> we never talk. Those are the two things we never talk about, because honestly. I don't want to hear about people's conquests. I don't, I don't get into that. <laughs> shit. I don't want to hear that. Like when I'm out with a, with a bunch of friends and everything, I don't need to hear that shit. And politics, politics can lead to freaking brawls, dude. Exactly. That's the same thing. Uh, maybe not the sex part. Um, but yeah, me and my friends, we definitely don't talk about politics. It's like, you meant it's, it's not good. Cause you're a college kid though. It's a little different. Yeah. You just got out of college. So you're pretty young. So yeah, I'd expect that out of you guys. I mean, not trying to like pigeonhole you into like, you know, oh yeah, they're fraternity brothers. And of course, when they're playing quarters, so, you know, <laughs> this is what they do. No, but, but even in general, like you want to, I, I was listening to uh, ESPN radio before and they were talking about, it. I'm like, look, I know there's not much going on in the sports world, but I don't need, I don't want to listen to. But everybody has an opinion. That, yeah. And the worst part about it is everybody thinks they're right. Exactly. Nobody knows how to just say, this is my opinion. If you don't like it too bad. Yeah. Everybody will fight you to the death just so they can say they're right. That's why I couldn't listen to Stephen A. Smith anymore because he thinks he's right about everything. I'm like, I can't listen to this man anymore. He just sounds like an idiot. That's why we, we left Worldwide. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think every episode we've done, we've gone out. so convinced to I'm so convinced they listen to. Oh, I think they do too. I think, I mean, it's funny when I first, you know, started, started this back up and I was doing my podcast, I did a thing, uh, fun fact, uh, fun fact of the day or whatever. Next thing, like a week after, or like two weeks after I noticed they started doing fun fact Friday. And I texted one of my, I'm texting my, the guy I do the show with. And I was like, Oh my God, they, they ripped it off. They ripped us off. And he was like, Dude, that's funny. You mentioned that because I think it was Thursday. I said something on our show and either the next day or the day after, Guido tweeted something that was very similar to exactly what I said. And I know he follows my show. I know he follows me on Instagram. So I don't know if they listen, they might, but I am so convinced that he totally like ripped off like what I said or something close to it. And the thing is, is like, I just kind of laugh and I'm not trying to, I'm not going to waste time pissing on their parade. Right. Mm -hmm. But this is what it is, though. The, re the point of that was not to knock them. It was just the fact of there are so many people in this world that are heavily opinionated that they only think they are right. Yep. And that's where I draw the line. Okay? It is okay to have an opinion and just say, we agree to disagree. Exactly. Okay? But too many people who all of a sudden now watch the news, read a couple of newspaper articles, hear Governor Cuomo speak, and they swear up and down, and I've used this term before, and I might even trademark this term. Hashtag Joe Patriot. Because they all of a sudden think they know all everything going on with the country. Shit, even I don't know that. Yeah. But I have my opinions, and I will share them, and that's what I think. If you have a problem with it, there's two things you can do about it. One, nothing. Two, like it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Look, we, in, at the end of the day, you're going to have your opinion no matter what it is. No, no one's going to change your mind on an opinion or whatnot. That's your opinion. And look, and like you mentioned, agree to disagree. That's it. You know, that's all you got to do with it. 
Either you don't either don't listen to what we have to say, or you can agree with us. That's it. All right, so let's jump to a lighter side real quick before we get back to the whole baseball talk. So I told you, right? First of all, this is weird because I'm doing the show with no light on. Yeah, it, I was just about to mention it's like you got the black you got the black hat on. I, scully on. I got my scully on, and it looks like I don't have a head. <laughs> it's like, have you ever? It looks like like uh, like I'm wearing like an invisible cloak from like Harry Potter, and you don't see like my head at all. But my it's head. there. See, it's there. Yeah, this is, this is skull. <laughs> okay, you got the, the sleeves are like that too. You just look like no. I'm wearing like a three quarter sleeve shirt, and they're yeah. black sleeves. Yeah. Trust me, if I was wearing nothing but a black shirt right now, it would just be a head and no neck. See, that was that's funny because my old license used to look like that. Like it was a white background, and I had a white hoodie on when I took the picture, so it lo- it just looked like I was ju- just neck and head. It was. Yeah, we can't videotape this. It'd be pretty. It'd be pretty funny to see that. This will be on. No, this is the. This will. I, I'm gonna put this on YouTube maybe later. <laughs> it looks like I'm like, like a the headless you know, the headless sportscaster. <laughs> so. You know, my daughter, you know, I told you when I have, like, Disney Plus. Yeah. Right? So there's, like, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of titles, and they pick the same movie every time, right? Mm-hmm. So now their new thing is the show movie, The Descendants. You could see – you probably see it in, like, the party stores and stuff. They have, like, a lot of, like, stuff with them. Right. The, pre- the premise of the movie is is that they're, like, the offspring of villains from Disney movies. Oh, okay. Okay. So you have, like, the evil queen from Snow White's daughter, who's pretty hot, by the way. You have Maleficent's daughter, who's pretty hot, by the way. You have, um, you know, Jafar's son, who's pretty hot, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then you have, like, you know, these are, like, the four kids, right? So my, my daughters love this show. So these are supposed to be the baddest kids in the world, right? So the premise of the movie is the king of, the, of like, the good land wants to bring these kids over to his side and not like reform them, but he, he knows that they live in really crappy because they're bad. They're all villains and they live in, in a crappy area. Yeah. So he wants to bring these four kids over. So of course the first kids come over and at first they're like trying to be evil and everything. Mm -hmm. And then the prince starts to like Maleficent's daughter. Right. So, and I kind of laugh because then as the movie progresses, you know, she becomes like, good like she all of a sudden has her doubts now they made three of these movies right and then i said to my wife the other, the other day i go so so we're, i was watching one scene and i said okay so let me see if i got this right these are supposed to be the baddest kids in all that land right they couldn't find anybody worse than these four mm-hmm. right and all it took for this girl was 20 minutes some strawberries and a shirtless prince and she's all of a sudden jumping to the good side <laughs> I question the validity of this girl's badness. And my wife's like, why do you always have to mess up, mess it up for them? <laughs> like, like, and I just went out of my way and I'm like, come on, this is ridiculous. I'm like, I thought this was supposed to be like the baddest kid in all of, uh, in all the world and all that stuff. And I just like, it made me laugh. So it's like, this is what I've become in quarantine. Whenever my kids watch movies, I've seen the same movies over and over and over again that I have I'm to think. Of shit out. Yeah. I have to think of alternate endings. No, like what I do when I watch movies, like if I've seen the movie, like I'll rewatch it. I'll start pointing shit out like that can't happen or like that shouldn't be able to happen. Like I forgot what I think, but I, I can't really think of a movie off the top of my head where I've done that. But like I pick it out. My brother's like, shut up. It's just a movie. I'm like, well, it's not true. Okay. I got to point this out now. 
Yeah. If you ever want to see something really funny, there's on YouTube, there are videos where this guy, he's kind of an annoying voice, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. He does everything wrong with, and he just picks a movie. And it's really funny because he's, he's like, he, it's, it's like the way he says stuff is really good. Like he wrote like, you know, the Batman movies with um, not the Dark Knight and, and that, but um, like the old ones from like the 90s, like uh, Batman and Robin and with the Penguin and all that right. stuff. And Michael Keaton was Batman, right? Like those movies. Right. Dude, he whips these to shreds for like 15 minutes. And it's like really, really funny. And if you ever want to see something else that's really funny, there's this guy, he has a, he has a page called Legal Eagle. And all he does is he's a real life, he's a lawyer. He has like over 10 years experience practicing law hmm. and everything. I think he's licensed in multiple states. And he will tell you if what criminal charges could be put against somebody in a movie, right? So he did one with like, Will, you've seen Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah. Remember the scene when the girl is singing the song when the, with the eggs? Yeah. And she jumps on the thing and it like makes the horn sound and she falls through. Yeah. And like he goes, so you see the scene, he goes, no, that's involuntary manslaughter. He goes, Willy Wonka, <laughs> like that, you know? And he said, like, and then about the Oompa Loompas, he was like, he was like, yeah, he goes, well, first of all, that violates a lot of child protection laws and like, and all that stuff. And it's like, you know, the Oompa Loompas could easily seek asylum in the United States. And it's like, but it's really funny, though. Like, I mean, I mean, these are movies he's seen and he loves, but he's doing it from a legal perspective. Like in, when he does The Dark Knight, yeah. and he sees the Joker just kill people, he goes, eh, it's more murder. It's like, you just can't. He goes, the Joker's got like 50 counts of murder in this movie alone. <laughs> well, that's like, uh, if you ever see, like, these, these doctors got together and made a video of, like, all the injuries that would happen in Home Alone. In yeah. Home Alone too. Oh, and, yeah, I've seen that. That's hysterical. Yeah, it's like, oh, he had broken ribs, uh, torn ACL here. He oh, skull from the paint cans. <laughs> like, Concussion, yeah. like, all this shit. And it's just, I'm like, that's funny as hell. If people are looking for something to binge watch while they're home during quarantine, definitely check out those YouTube videos. I've actually become quite a fan of YouTube since I cut the cord with cable. I watch it like for, I do watch it for pretty much everything. And like those just kill me. The Willy Wonka one is hysterical. Like it's like, I mean, he basically says Willy Wonka goes to jail for like 125 years. <laughs> so, um, so again, as we were saying before, as we jump back into the whole baseball thing, at the end of the day, it's going to be – this just seems more about money than the health of the players. Mm -hmm. The more you see in New York, especially with the hospitalizations going down, the intubations, which is bigger than the hospitalizations going down, is very key. And, of course, the deaths have gone down into, like, the 50s, which is still a bad number. Let's, let's, not, get that out. let's not get that twisted. But it's progress. And you hate to see that you just want that number to be zero mm -hmm. but it seems more like baseball players are more concerned with their wallets than their health at this stage because right. they all want to get back to playing baseball right i mean this is what i heard pete alonzo say over and over and all the other players but at the end of the day you have to come to some kind of legitimate compromise and i think you do have to take the people and i'm sorry i think fans should be considered in these decisions mm -hmm. Not whether Mike Trout makes 17 million compared to 9 million. Because I could live off of 1 million. So Mike Trout can live off of 9 million. Yeah. And I hate to sound like that greedy, selfish fan, that stubborn ass fan, but I'm not wrong. Mm 
No, you're not. You're absolutely not wrong. And like, you mean to tell me that this guy can't pay for medical treatments with nine and a half million dollars, and I'm sure what it, which will be a very complex MLB testing plan. Yeah, it's again not a good look when they don't if they don't get a season going. Meanwhile, NASCAR, UFC, uh, NHL, NBA, all these other sports get are getting back together. Listen, NHL and NBA could have just packed up their stuff by now and just said, okay. We're already going into summer. We got free agency coming up, the draft coming up. We'll just go by that and then start up again in November. And they could just say, there won't be a champion this year. Yeah, exactly. But they didn't. They figured out a way to make it work, and all signs are pointing to a return to play, which is interesting because there's a decent chance that the Nets could have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant back Mm -hmm. in time for any type of postseason play. Yeah, I saw that. Whether the Nets want to push that is another story. They may not want to. You know, maybe Kyrie, not necessarily Kevin Durant, because Kevin Durant is still recovering from an Achilles injury. Right. And as for the Knicks, well, they wouldn't be in it, so it wouldn't matter. (laughs) But that's kind of one of the things that's going on right now. So if the NBA and the NHL can get their act together and put on a show for the fans to complete their seasons – Major League Baseball should be able to, to put their differences aside and get a deal done that's fair for both sides. Look, the owners are going to have to take a hit whether they like it or not. Yeah. And the players are going to have to take a hit whether they like it or not. And the players are assuming the risk, but guess what? The owners are assuming some risk too. Mm-hmm. They're not making any money during this. Absolutely. And, and it, no money being generated except off the TV deals. Yeah. It, that's it. I was going to say, yeah, if anything, yeah, they're going to lose money, but they're, lo- they're, gonna, they're losing a lot more money compared to what the players would be losing. And it's, again, you want to mention the fans. Yeah, the fans play huge factor, ticket sales, uh, consume, cons- buying uh, consumer goods, buying jerseys and foam fingers and all that other shit. It's, it's, it all factors in, man. And it's like the, play, the players got to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe we got to see it from what the, what the owners, uh, how the owners view it, you know, and just got to get back and do it for the fans. I mean, if you think about it on average, a fan will probably spend close to like, let's say, $80. Yeah. And I'm talking like a single guy, maybe like you. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I would spend up, up to maybe $100 a game. Think about how, how many beers would you get at a game? Oof. Uh, depends on how much I pregame. A lot of contest. <laughs> me an estimate. Uh, probably two or three. Okay. So two or three beers. What do you drink? The cheap shit or you drink good? The go to Big Apple Brews. Nah, I'm getting a Bud Light. So, like, let's say that's $12. So, like, 30 with you. You go and drink a good beer. Bud Light right Panth- now. I got Bud Light right now. That's Panther piss. <laughs> you got to drink a Stella, bro. I love Stella. Oh, that's so good. Stella's the best. Stella's my all-time favorite. So, what does a Bud Light cost at City Field? I know they're $13 each. Two of them, right? Two or three? Yeah, so let's say $30. I'm spending $30 on beer alone. Okay, do you buy food? Oh, absolutely. What do you buy? Going to Shake Shack. I'm waiting on the line. I get there. Oh, you're that guy? I see. I like to get there super early so I can get on the line before the game starts and then enjoy my food. All right, hold on one second. This is creeping me out. (laughs) Turn some lights on. Yep. <laughs> so people don't think I'm like, you're talking to like, talking to a fucking ghost. But no, yeah, I, I like going early so I can get on the line or beat the line on Shake Shack. I, I can't. 
How much you spend at Shake Shack? 20? Let's say 25. Okay, so that's 30 and 20, 30 to $35 for beer. Another 25, so you're already up 60 bucks. Yeah. Not to mention, you got to take the train to get there, right? Or do you drive? I take the train. Okay, so that's another 10 bucks to get out to the train, give or take, round trip, let's say. And I spent $50 on the ticket. So you spent $50 on the ticket, okay. Let's say, yeah, let's say, let's say 50. Let's just say 50. All right. <laughs> Are you a Mr. Softy guy? Nah, I'm not. So you're not that? Nah, I'm just, um, just the burger and beer usually. Buy, do you buy souvenirs when you go there? Not really. Okay, so let's say at the end of the day, you spend about 60 to $70. Yeah. Okay, when all is said and done. Multiply that by the number of fans that go to a game every day. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, parents with kids will spend more. Yeah. Like, how much, like if you were to take your two daughters and your wife, you guys all go to a Met game, how much are you roughly spending? I would say easily buck 25. Yeah. It's, it's a lot, man. It's, you got to buy each of them a souvenir. Even the cheap souvenirs are $10 each. Like, a back scratcher is like $12 at City Field. Okay. But, you know, you got to buy hot dogs. You buy like a burger. You try to share stuff if you can. I mean, we try to share more because like, you know, one of my daughters doesn't eat that much while my other one will. So we always do like the chicken fingers and the fries, but that's like $15 for a basket. You know, you buy sodas and, you know, you buy the drinks, then they want ice cream, then they want a souvenir. Then you got to get train tickets too. So you're spending a lot of money. It's easily about 100 when all is said and done. Yeah, it's a lot, man. And I like I never like understood it as a kid. But like as I got older, my dad would tell me like this shit. Like he he usually he didn't hate going to Met games, but like he would take taking me and my brother to Met games because it would always be like a couple hundred out of the pocket for me and him. Yeah, and I'm like, wow. I, I was like, wow. I, I feel like in my like now I'm older. I, I'm like, wow. Like I never yeah. I never realized that you know, being young, when I was younger. Add into that people who drive to the stadium. We spend $30 on parking or $25, whatever it costs. I don't even know what it costs. So you're throwing another $25 on top of that. Mm-hmm. Then you're talking about people who are buying food to cook in the, in the parking lot in the morning or in the afternoon. It's a lot of money, man. It's a lot of scratch. It is. No, it absolutely, absolutely is. It absolutely is. And the Mets are or whatever. And it has to be considered with the owner. So I'm going to take the owner's side on that too, though. We can't just sit here and say, well, the owners have a billion dollars, so they can afford to lose money. See what I mean, though, with that logic? It's always easy to spend someone else's money. Yeah. Always easy. Doesn't matter what it is, always easy. And therein lies the problem with the fan. So that's where I kind of side with the owners and players, though, against the fan. There's a whole negotiation. Listen, I work in a place that has a union. So union negotiations, I've never negotiated with a union, but I know exactly how they bitch and moan because I've worked with enough of them to know how it works. So at the end of the day, though, this is becoming more about money. This is not becoming about the player safety. The players know the risk. If the players were really that scared of the risk, Clem, we would not have a season right now. Yeah. These won't be dead in the water. It wouldn't even, they wouldn't be talking right now. Exactly. Players would basically sit there and say, screw that. I'll wait till 2021 when things get better. And now the worst part about it is in the event that they come up with a vaccine for COVID-19, people are afraid to take it. Yeah. Because they're afraid of the side effects. Yeah. Just like what do you want to do at the end of the day? Do you want to take a vaccine that may have some side effects 
or do you want to sit at home for two weeks sick as a dog quarantined from your family and your kids you can't go to work you can't do anything yeah it's just, what do you want to do you know you're under you, you can see what i mean people will never be satisfied never Never in a million years will they ever be sad. Right? It'll always be something new that they're bitching and complaining about because that's what this country was also predicated on. Yep. People bitching and complaining. And you have it right here with the owners and the players mm-hmm. for a sport that we desperately need to come back. Especially baseball. It's America's sport. Like, as much as we love football and this country loves ba- uh, football – this is America's pastime. It's baseball and everyone loves baseball. What's bring, it brings people together and you, you need it, especially in this time with COVID and riots and whatnot. Baseball is what the, what this country needs. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's really what it is. And right now we really need this as we segue into football and everything. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what else to say on the subject. Yeah, I think it sounds like the more I think about it, the more I'm starting to think that there could be a season because I think the owners may not, you know, half of a season and a little bit of loss of money. It could be better than no season and everybody loses. Mm -hmm. So I think it would behoove them to kind of come to some kind of an arrangement. But at the end of the day, it's I don't know. Like, I just don't know what to say anymore. Yeah, I I don't think it's about health anymore. I think it's about I just think it's about money. Yeah, I couldn't agree. Players are all right to, you know, listen, you want to fight for your contracts, that's fine. But I just think it looks, for a guy who makes $10 million a year, it looks petty. Yeah. And I'll leave it at that. I respect what they're trying to do. They're playing hard. Of course, you're going to tell, sell me on the bullshit that they're fighting, the, that they're for the risk or whatever. But if they were really that scared of contracting COVID-19, mm-hmm. right now in this climate, there would be no season right there would be no discussion of a season. Absolutely. So I don't believe that the health risk is that as bad as everybody. Listen, I think it's risky, but I don't think it's so bad where these guys are pretty much saying that ah, no season. Yeah, no, absolutely. The NFL would have canceled their season by now. Everybody would have canceled their seasons and just said, we'll worry about it in 2021. Yeah. So, absolutely. but the story's never ending. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Uh, Clem, any final words before we get out of here for tonight? Uh, yeah, you know, we mentioned a lot about the uh, – earlier about the protesting and whatnot and rioting. And, you know, you've seen some athletes take to Instagram. You know, they're with some of these protesters, which is fine. But one one video that uh, I don't think is getting enough credit I saw was uh, Lonnie Walker. He plays guard for the uh, Spurs. Instead of – you know, he probably did do some protesting, but what came what the video that came out with him was he was actually going around and helping people, you know, clean up after the riots he was handing out water to people who needed it you know and just helping out helping out the policemen and people who were who got their stores destroyed and whatnot he was help he was helping clean it up which i thought was a fantastic smart move my lonnie walker i was like i was like yes this is what we, these are the kind of videos we need you know you don't like we mentioned earlier you don't see you don't see the good stuff because you know that's not interesting you want to see the bad stuff but it's, it's, you know, stuff like this that really, you know, you should commend people and really appreciate what, they, what the people who are doing the good things they are doing. I agree. Did you see the J.R. Smith video? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I wouldn't blame him. Honestly, look that guy bad. I would not blame him. And he, he said it perfectly. He was like, look, before anything happens, you know, I'm going to come out and say it. He was a suburban neighborhood. No stores, nothing. You know, he has 
guy tried to a white guy tried to smash his car. Please, oh my God, J.R. Smith kicked the shit out of him. Uh, I thought that that cracked me up, but you know what though? That guy deserved it. I'm glad. Oh, James absolutely. Absolutely. The same thing. Absolutely. He. See what I mean though? It speaks to my point. There are people out there that are serving no purpose with this except causing trouble. Yep. That's all we're doing. They're not doing anything constructive for this whole thing. They're just out there, and it's giving them an excuse to go out there and just be an asshole. Yep. And that's exactly what it's becoming, unfortunately, in this day and age. And this, is the, this is the sad part. Now I was just like checking my Facebook feed and my friend, of course, and I knew this was coming. He put like the, the video of somebody put like, like brick pellets were apparently all of a sudden appeared on city streets. And he wrote interesting like that. And it's just like, stop with these horse shit conspiracy theories mm-hmm. already. It's like, believe what you want to believe. If you believe this is orchestrated, then believe it's orchestrated, but stop sitting here trying to sell people on this bullshit. Yeah. Okay. Because that might be 10% of the problem, but the other 90% is a lot of angry black people who are tired of getting shot by white cops. Which I get, again. And that you can't, you cannot doctor that. Yeah, you can't. You know, Craig, like you mentioned, Will, me and you, we, we will never know how it feels. We'll never know what they understand because we're white. And, you know, it's something we're, we'll, we'll just never understand. But, like, you have every right in this country to protest express your feelings and do whatever you want to to show your concern this rioting and looting shit it's it's not it's not a good it's really not a good look for the people who are trying to you know do the right thing and protest and get the word out and do it peacefully and whatnot and this is the thing with amateur filmmakers too amateur filmmakers are very big on you know they only air what they want to air yeah and then all of a sudden it goes up on youtube how do we know that this shit ain't even doctored yeah see like these are the types of things i don't get you can't just take somebody, some random guy's word for it on YouTube because how do we know that this guy didn't doctor a video? There's so much doctored video out there. Or they only show you what you want to hear. That's why it's very tough, man. It's tough to – no one knows what to believe anymore. Yeah. It really, but, uh, it really is. You know, it's, it's – again, I like – J.R. Smith, man. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Who knows Smith for beating the crap out of the guy? I would have done the same thing. Oh, absolutely. I, I have no objection to him beating the crap out of that guy. Yeah, white, black, Chinese, whatever, whoever, whatever color you were, you deserve to get the shit beat out of you for doing that. Um, as for me, Clem, happy Tremaine Johnson Day as we get his cap money back today. <laughs> oh. so, since he was designated as a post-June 1st cut, the Jets are going to have his money separate, spread out over two years. So I think they get $11 million back. Something like that. Cap yeah. today. So you never know where that leads. It could be a possibility of signing, maybe adding Logan Ryan to the quarterback mix or just in general. Um, the Jets also signed one of their draft picks today, Bryce Hall. Got a uh, four-year deal for about $4 million. So I'm hoping that he can make some sort of an impact on the team, mm. which, is, uh, which is pretty good. And um, other than that, man, it was pretty quiet. And uh, it's just really kind of a dead time right now. Finally finished Queen of the South season one. How was that? Very good. I highly recommend it. And my dad actually saw it, and he texted me last night, and he thought it was outstanding. Yeah, I got. I still. I still haven't started Peaky Blinders yet, but you know that's. Yeah. that's on. The thing is, I try to break it up. So what I try to do is, I will go with Queen of the South season one, but I may not jump right into season two right away. Okay. I might take a break and then watch another show. So the other show I was thinking about watching, which I heard was pretty good, was uh, The Umbrella Academy. 
I heard about that. Yep. Right. So I might give that a shot. Um, so I might try to start watching it this week if I can. Now, see, with me, I got, I got. If I'm binge watching a show, I got to watch every season right after another. I can't. I, I know, can't. and I, I have done that. Don't get me wrong. I, I have done that. Like when I'm really into it, I really like Queen of the South because Queen of the South every episode is like 40 minutes, so it's perfect. It's not like a long stretched out hour of programming, but it's really good and you know and everything. So I'm kind of a, I'm kind of on the fence of what I want to do next. Do I want to jump right into season two? And the new season, the last season, is coming out on Netflix this week. So there's four seasons altogether. Or yeah. do I want to jump into Umbrella Academy? Maybe alternate between the two, that and uh, Queen of the South. Yeah, I, I, I tried the two times I've de- I've done that was once I was when I was watching Breaking Bad. I just finished season four, and I was like, okay, I got to put this on hold. The new season of Game of Thrones is out. I got to devote my life to Game of Thrones. I've never been back to Breaking Bad since, so I have no idea how it ends. You know, man, I tried to get into Breaking Bad, and, like, it, it wasn't bad. It, I was No pun intended. It wasn't bad. But I wasn't blown away by it. And part of me thinks maybe I need to just start it up again and just kind of watch it again. Hmm. You know, like, start it from the very beginning, right? right. And I thought about that, and I'm not sure if I'm going to keep doing that or not. You know, because, like, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. I, I liked it, and the reason why I really never got back into it, because the season that I would just finished watching, I was kind of like, I was into it 100%, but the, like this last season I watched before I stopped, I was like, it's not that amazing. Like, maybe I have to watch more, like the red, the last season, because I, I think I either had one or two seasons left, and I was like, maybe the last two will figure it out for me, but like, this shit wasn't really flying with me, and I was like, eh. The thing is, I've actually used my Netflix account more now than I have, like, recently like i used to watch shows on the train going to work i would download a show yeah watch it and then of course once i got laid off i that's over but i was watching hulu for a little while now now i'm actually starting to get back into wwe network a little bit did you watch any of the undertaker stuff yet no it's on my list so good I heard it was really good i've been watching that because for some reason i don't know why i can't watch the last dance while i'm at work so i've been watching the undertaker and it's been I gotta watch. I gotta fin. I haven't watched the last dance yet. It's been. I I fell asleep during uh, episode eight the other night, so I still gotta finish that. Uh, but the Undertaker stuff has been really good. Um. Yeah. Like that's definitely on my list. Um. The uh, the Undertaker stuff. I just started watching. I'm actually going back to some pay per views that I have that I didn't really get a chance to see. So I'm that. actually I'm watching uh, when worlds collide with uh, UK against NXT. Oh, okay. So I just watched, today I watched the uh, DIY Mustache Mountain match, which was really, really good. The only problem with matches like that is like, I fast forward through the first like five minutes because it's just like nothing happens. You just got to like get to like the middle of the match when things really start getting good. Right. But my new favorite faction in wrestling is Imperium. I love it. And I found their theme song. So it's on my phone now. Like I play it. It's a. I it's, love it. It's by a Dvorak, the composer, and I was playing it. I like cracked up as soon as like, and like. I can argue that NXT UK, mm-hmm. crowd-wise, is better than NXT US. Oh, absolutely. They can't like they are at a Premier League soccer game. Yeah, and it's like I love it, it, that. I remember when I first wa- I first watched Blackpool, the first the first every NXT UK pay per view. I'm watching it, and I'm like, these fans are nuts! Like, it- I love that. I love everything about that when they're doing the chants, 
And when Imperium comes out and the music hits and they're doing like the, they're singing along to the music, like kind of humming along to the music and everything. Yeah. I love that. I, I, they're like my new favorite faction in wrestling. And I, I love Walter. I, he's, he's so good. Walter's amazing. Like I like Fabian Agnew. And it's crazy what they did with Alexander Wolfe. Yeah. Remember how Alexander Wolfe was part of Sanity? Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought when Sanity disbanded and they put him back in NXT for a little while. And um, there, was an, there was an article the other day where they were talking about future factions in the WWE. Mm-hmm. And one of them was an interesting one for NXT. And that was Killian Dane and Cameron Grimes. I hate Cameron Grimes. I'm not big on him. Cameron Grimes is an interesting wrestler because when he was in Impact, he was Trevor Lee. And he was actually a pretty decent wrestler for them. They haven't done too much with Cameron Grimes in NXT, at least not yet. He just looks like a dirty homeless guy to me. I don't know. No, I agree. Like, I mean, <laughs> but so, but Killian Dane is like kind of fits oh, that. I love, too, yeah. you know? And I love Killian. Killian Dane's fantastic. He's great. I think he's so good. But to have Alexander Wolf and Imperium with Fabian Eichner, Bartel, and then uh, Walter, I think it's awesome. And I love the, the, the composed like theme song. I think it, it kicks so much ass. So, so as I said before, happy Tremaine Johnson day to Klim. And uh, so hopefully we may use that money, allocate that money to good use. Like I said, maybe Logan Ryan and um, Jet signing Bryce Hall. And um, that's basically the gist of it here. Uh, one note, looks like Thursday, Clem. I'm going to confirm it. Thursday night, we're going to have Andrew Gross, Islanders beat writer for Newsday, coming on the show. We're going to talk some Islander hockey with him. I'm sure that pleased with your friend that always harassed us on Instagram, Clem. <laughs> so uh, we're definitely going to talk a lot. We're going to talk about the playoff matchup against the Panthers. We're going to talk about what the future is for Matt Barzell and maybe uh, some possible moves that the Isles may make in the uh, in the offseason, if possible. And um, so, yeah, it's looking like Andrew Gross. Thursday night, uh, we'll be right here on the Moffat on the Mic show, uh, courtesy of the A1 Sports Network. That'll do it for us for this Monday night show. I uh, want to thank Clem for holding it down like he normally does. You can follow the show, as always, on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic, Twitter at Moffat on the Mic, and our Facebook page as well. Clem, uh, next time I'll make sure to turn the light on before we start, because <laughs> I, know, I know you got a little creeped out there. Like, it, it was it was it like a face like it was like, almost like, like an invisible man like you, see, like you can see like this like i guess you have windows in the room like yeah, yeah so like you start you started out like you could see you and then as it you know got darker outside it was like oh it's just a head and a torso like <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't mean to scare the shit out of clem i won't do Not that again he, he is the reason why i'm on the air <laughs> um, again follow my show on Instagram at Moffat on the Mic Twitter at Moffat on the Mic and our Facebook page as well follow the A1 Sports Network on Instagram Twitter and also check out my podcast on courtesy of Spotify and Apple Podcasts uh, we've done we've just put up the interview we did with Tim Healy last week talking Mets baseball we did uh, we posted the interview with Jay Gasman from the Jay Gasman show and we also posted the interview we did with our good friend Isaac Feldman from the Iktagon.com show. So again, Thursday night, Andrew Gross, Islanders beat writer for Newsday, will be joining us to talk some Islander hockey. And uh, that's pretty much it. So, Clem, we're back tomorrow? Uh, yes, tomorrow we're good. All right. So we'll be back tomorrow night, as always, with an episode of Moffat on the Mic. 
And everybody, again, follow the show on Instagram at Moff on the Mic, Twitter at Moff on the Mic, and my Facebook page as well. On behalf of the People's Producer, Chris Klim, I am Craig Moffat. Everybody take care of yourself. Stay safe out there. And if you are going to protest, please don't be a jerk off and break into a Target and steal stuff because it is completely counterproductive to what the real situation is at hand, what the real topic is at hand. So wherever you are, stay safe out there and um, enjoy. Everybody have a great night. We'll be back tomorrow night. Clem, take it easy. We will talk tomorrow.